Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A Sunday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack hanging out in the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there for home loan solutions that fit your life. Rocket can. All right, we're heading down to Big D. Yeah, we've been previewing a bunch of the NFL teams. We got to get the Cowboys in as well. America's team, can they get back to the postseason this year with the help of their returning quarterback? Here to give us the latest on the boys before their season gets underway is David Hellman. He covers them for Cowboys.com. Dave, Jordan McDonald here. How are you, buddy? I'm wonderful, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, if you're wonderful, that's good, which means you either either tested negative or haven't tested positive for the COVID virus because a bunch of Cowboys have some issues to start the season with positive tests now with uh, a week to go. Are they going to be able to field the team, uh, excuse me, not a week to go, four days to go because they got the Thursday night affair against the Bucks? They going to have enough players? Yeah, they're, they're going to have enough players, but it's definitely it's a disconcerting disconcerting start to the season. And um, yeah, I mean, and you know, the latest kind of gut punch today is that they found out that Zach Martin, their all pro right guard, has come come down and tested positive with COVID. They very likely won't have him. So, um, you know, not quite the situation we saw last year where you know you're having to alter game times and things like that. But yeah, they've had they've had seven or eight guys test positive here over the last two weeks. Most of them are back. They've cleared protocols and returned to the team. But, uh, you know, anytime you're playing without arguably the most talented player on your roster, it's, it's not great. It isn't. And uh, I know in watching Hard Knock, Jerry was pretty proud of the compliance that the squad had with vaccinations and the like. Uh, where, where did this go wrong that they had as many guys pop up and either test positive or have to take days off for close contact? Where uh, did the Cowboys go astray? I mean, I think it's hard to answer that definitively just because these things aren't made completely publicly known. I mean, you know, they're, they're 90, they're 93% vaccinated. We know that. Um, I think that number stayed the same when they made their roster cuts. So not 100% vaccination, but I think, you know, to be candid, I think people are coming to terms with the fact that obviously vaccines are, are very good. They limit the uh, repercussions of catching COVID. They keep you out of the hospital, but it's not a foolproof way to keep from getting it. I think people around the country are finding that out, and obviously the NFL is part of that. I, you know, personally, I haven't talked to anybody with the Cowboys or with the NFL, but I wonder if things like this are going to change the way we approach it. You know, not to say that people have been lax, because I know they're still doing regular testing. You know, the Cowboys have been in a virtual mode for a couple of weeks now. I wonder if this is kind of a, you know, a bit of a wake-up call, though, where not just the Cowboys, but teams around the league are going to say, okay, we're vaccinated and that's good, but we still have to be vigilant and maybe, you know, stick to some of those protocols we had last year to make sure we've got all our guys for these games. 
I think you are exactly right. David Hellman, our guest uh, from Cowboys.com, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Dak Prescott is back. We wouldn't know it from preseason activity because he didn't play, but uh, he says he's good to go. Why should Cowboy Nation believe him? Um, the, well, I can only see for myself, but I believe him because I've seen him. And I know, you know, <laughs> you're right. He, he, didn't, he didn't play in the preseason. And I, I readily admit, you know, anytime the starting quarterback is not practicing and there's a problem with his throwing arm, I get why that makes people feel antsy. Um, and there was probably even a time at training camp where I was like, okay, are we getting the full story here? Are we sure that this is something we don't need to be worried about? Uh, but then, you know, the Cowboys returned from California, got back to practice in Oxnard, and he looked like Dak to me. Uh, you know, he got back into throwing about two weeks ago, and he can sling it 40, 50, 60 yards. He can put some zip on it. There was a practice, I think it was maybe two weeks ago, where he got out there for the first time and, and was in 11-on-11 11 11 full team reps and was just slinging it over the middle, putting it in between defenders, you know, the type of stuff you see in an NFL game. And I was like, okay, this guy's ready to go. And, uh, and he's been doing it ever since. So I don't have any reason to be worried about him moving forward. You told us Zach Martin, probably a no-go for the game on uh, Thursday against the Buccaneers. And I know that uh, other key guy along the offensive line, Lyle Collins, has had stringer is- stinger issues all preseason. Uh, take one out, maybe you get over. Take two of your best offensive linemen out. That's a tough task against the defending Super Bowl champions. What's the latest on Collins? Do you expect them in there Thursday night? Yeah, I think that's right now that's the biggest issue facing this team. I mean, Zach Martin's situation seems pretty cut and dry. It would be pretty surprising if he's there Thursday. Lyell, he's been dealing with this for about a week, and you start to get kind of antsy. But, you know, like you said, they play Thursday, so their schedule's different. Today was really their first game week practice, and they'll have two more, one tomorrow and one Tuesday before they leave town on Wednesday. He practiced today which is typically a good sign if you're available at the start of a game week. So, you know, all eyes will be on tomorrow. If he's able to go again tomorrow, that's a really good sign. Like you said, I mean, it's not just two guys. It's two guys that handle the right side of that line. It's your right guard and your right tackle. Uh, They have a talented kid by the name of Connor McGovern who can step in for Zach Martin. He did that last year. I don't think you want to go against that front without either of your preferred starters on the right side. So, uh, you know, going to have a close eye on Lyle's availability tomorrow and Tuesday uh, to see to see what that looks like. But like I said, the fact that he was available today seems like a good sign. Both of those guys are up in the air. Then you have a whole bunch of guys where it's already been decided that are already on the IR. I think the Cowboys might have the most crowded IR in the National Football League. I think they got about uh, 18, 19, it seems like 18 or 19. Uh, just a ton of guys on the IR. How many of them in your eyes key contributors? How many are just flexibility with the roster? You can put them there and keep them there for a while, even if they're not coming back. Uh, an inordinate number of guys on the IR for the Cowboys. Any of significance in your eyes? Yeah, I mean, that's you're right. But it's nice for the Cowboys that the majority of those are depth guys. I think the one that stands out is probably Neville Gallimore. Uh, He was going to be their starting three-technique defensive tackle. Uh, He hyperextended his elbow halfway through training camp. So doubt they'll see him till October. But I think, and and credit to them, it's a smart thing to do. I think the Cowboys and, and plenty of other teams, you know, the, the rule changes because of COVID have allowed you to do a lot of things differently. You know, typically yep. 
you put a guy on IR, you only get two that you can bring back to the roster. Otherwise, you're done for the year. With the way things are because of COVID, it's a three-week window, and you can bring, you can move guys back and forth as much as you want. So, you know, rather than end a guy's season, you can say, all right, you know, why don't you take September to get right, and we'll bring you back in October. So, the vast majority of those situations are not major. Fair enough. Uh, one of the biggest problems the Cowboys had last year was certainly on the defensive side of the ball, and they got beat up in the passing game a lot. Uh, are they good enough at the safety position? I expect Trayvon Diggs to have a better year this year, uh, and, and Anthony Brown, I don't I think, can be okay. But the safety position was a major letdown last year. How much have they uh, upgraded it? Is it going to be able to show on the field that not every team is going to be able to throw it wild against the Cowboys this year? I'm not ready to say that it's, like, fixed, but I do feel better about it than I have in a number of years. You know, they signed DeMonte Casey, who was coming off of an Achilles. They signed uh, Malik Hooker as well, two guys that have had really nice seasons in the NFL. Casey had a seven-interception season in Atlanta. Uh, and they both seem to have recovered from their Achilles injuries really well. Um, then throw in Donovan Wilson, who kind of had a breakout year last year, and Jaron Curse as well. I think all four of those guys can make meaningful contributions. Um, you know, am I ready to say that any of them are like Pro Bowl caliber? Not really. And, um, you know, if I'm being honest, I still expect that secondary to be a problem for them. But uh, what we saw from those guys in training camp, particularly Casey, you know, I thought he was really disruptive. He was around the football a lot, made a lot of plays on the ball. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe they get more production and more takeaways than we're used to, and uh, that would at least be a step in the right direction, even if they're not amazing. Yeah, one of the things that they've had to deal with in the preseason was last week, Dan Quinn going on the uh, uh, COVID list and uh, not being able to be in the booth defense coordinator for uh, their preseason game. Um, how much has he changed things here? It didn't work last year. Did he come in and just wipe the slate clean? Are there some things that they're going to do that they liked from last year that they're trying to keep in place? Uh, we know they made some personnel changes, but how much is Quinn's diff defense different than what they played last season? I think, honestly, that was one of the selling points of why they hired him is that it would be something that would be more familiar to this team. They've definitely – there's definitely a focus on being multiple, and that's what they wanted from Mike Nolan. But, you know, the the company line coming from them is that, you know, with Nolan, maybe they tried to do too much in too short of a period of time, you know, during a pandemic where you can't be on the field and all that type of stuff. So they basically bit off more than they could chew. I think the compromise with Quinn is he still brings some of those elements to the table. You know, we've seen a lot of multiple fronts, a lot of uh, disguise and things like that. But at the same time, this is a guy who cut his teeth in that Seattle cover three defense that everybody loved so much. And the Cowboys ran pretty successfully for a couple of years with Rod Marinelli and Chris Richard. So the vast majority of the veterans on this team should be very familiar with what Dan Quinn's asking them to do. And, you know, can I say right now that it's going to translate, especially against an offense as good as Tampa? Probably not. But I will say they look a lot more confident this year than they did at this time last year. All right. Uh, it seems to me like I'm counting them up right here. How many draftees from this past draft do they have on the defense? Are they looking at seven draftees that are going to make this defense and uh, be on the roster opening week? That tells me one of two things. Either they had a hellaciously good draft 
or they admit we were that bad that we have to turn this over rather drastically. How many of the first-year Cowboys are going to be able to do something? We know Michael Parsons, but above and beyond that, how many are going to step in and contribute to this defense on its improvement? I think I think it's a little bit of both. You're absolutely right. I mean, teams are always going to protect their draft class because they're banking on those guys to be stars and they're playing on affordable salaries. But at the same time, this was a defense that needed a lot of change. And, you know, the front office sent a very clear signal to the roster during the draft. They drafted 11 guys and nine of them played defense. And I think the first, I think the first five or six picks were all defensive players. Uh, Micah Parsons is obviously, he looks like a stud, I think. He's going to start, you know, he's going to play every snap as long as he's healthy. Uh, then it, it is interesting, though, because two of those guys are cornerbacks, um, one of whom, Kelvin Joseph, is on IR for the short term. So maybe it takes them a little bit to get acclimated, but uh, the third-round defensive tackle, Oso Digizua, he's probably going to start because of injuries. Quentin Bohana is another defensive tackle who had a really nice camp. And then I don't know how they get him on the field because there's so many linebackers on this team, but Jabril Cox out of LSU had a really fantastic preseason as well. So, yeah, I think it's, it's not a stretch to say that as many as four or five of these guys could have significant roles right away. Exactly. All right. Uh, I've been dutifully watching Hard Knocks. Does it have any effect on the team? We were sitting at home watching it, either enjoying it or getting ticked off by it, or however we're reacting to it. We're not part of it. We're not in the mix. Do the Cowboy players talk about it at all? Do you guys ask them about it at all? Is it part of this preparation, or is it what they hope that it is? It's just a couple of cameras there that nobody pays any attention to, and we get to look behind the curtain. I mean, they definitely know about it, and we ask them about it. You know, we talked to Dak on Friday and asked him, I think the most recent episode, he was kind of talking about a business model for a tailgate game he wanted to make, and right. he, was kind of, he was kind of amused that that made it to national TV. Um, so they know about it, and I thought Mike McCarthy made a really honest point the other day that uh, it's a challenge because you're probably not going to be completely as authentic as you would be if there weren't cameras in every room. You know, even... It's supposed to be a behind-the-scenes show, but everybody knows the cameras are there. You're probably not going to say what you would normally say if you weren't being televised, or or maybe some people kind of ham it up to be more interesting for TV. So I do think there's an element of it to that. Um, fortunately for the Cowboys, they are under such a bright spotlight all the time anyway. I think anybody that's been on this team for any number of years is probably used to it. You know, it was only, it was 2017 when they did a documentary about their entire season for the all or nothing series. So, you know, one month of cameras during training camp pales in comparison to a full year. So if you've been around the block with this team, I think you're just kind of used to that level of scrutiny. Right. Speaking of being around the block with this team, last question for you. Um, in certain circles, Jerry Jones is looked at as a maverick owner. He's certainly a take-charge guy and a high-profile owner. Um, not maverick in every sense, though. As a matter of fact, when it comes to retaining coaches, if anything, I think he's a little slow on pulling the trigger. At least that's the way it seemed to be a couple of times since Jerry took over, um, and certainly the case with the previous coach. Mike McCarthy last year didn't get the job done, was going to get him back into the playoffs, didn't happen. If they're under 500 and don't make the playoffs again, is McCarthy's job in question? I, my first instinct would, say, would be to say that I doubt it, but it probably depends on how they look. Um, you know, if, if they come in at 8 and 9 and 
they're you know battling injuries that you know injuries are always the great equalizer that's an excuse you can always put up at the end of the year and you know justify why you didn't meet your goals if if they're banged up and inconsistent and they win eight games and miss the playoffs obviously it would be very disappointing I'd be surprised if Mike McCarthy lost his job over it though I think at the very least I think Jerry Jones would give this situation three years um especially with what you know with everything that the league's dealing with with COVID and all of that obviously you got to overcome and plenty of teams did last year but I still would be surprised to see Jerry Jones pull the plug in less than three years unless this season was just a complete and total dumpster fire I mean if it if if they're you know five six seven games under 500 and just playing lifeless football and everybody looks checked out Maybe that could change, but as long as they're competitive, I I would be surprised if he got fired this year. They're playing 17. It'll be drama-filled for the Cowboys. It always is. And David Hellman will be there for Cowboys.com. Dave, thanks for hopping on today. Appreciate it greatly. Anytime, man. Great talking to you. It is the Dallas Cowboys preview with David Hellman from Cowboys.com. All right, Jody Mack coming back. Boys fans, you want to get on my phones, I'll certainly take your calls. We know there's... Plenty of Cowboys fans out there. Hit me up, 855-212-4227. Mac Man here with you on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.